between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. And we are rolling. We're back. What a fucking shit show. Movement presents. Movement presents. Welcome to episode 28 of Mass Movement Presents. Indeed. God, we're not good at this. No. I picked out to practice. Sponsored by Engineer Records. Yeah. Um, it's lovely to be back. We've had a bit of a hiatus due to um, almost oh, dying. Yeah. We both nearly died. <laughs> we laugh about it now. Yeah. Oh, you can, can't yeah, you? you can, yeah, Remember yeah. that time where I yeah. nearly died? I don't want to find that. Yeah, we both had COVID. Yes, both had COVID. It's kicked both our asses, but we're back. It's nice to be back, like in the same room as well. Like, yeah, I've seen you since January. Yeah, I've seen this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, January. No, January, yeah, yeah, January, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was the last time I saw yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we've got another uh, good show lined up for you. We hope it's a good show anyway. Well, we hope so, yeah. We yeah. think it is. Well, I always think it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> but then I, I get my jollies from, from watching cheap pornography, so, you know, what do I know? <laughs> we've got some uh, beer chat, as always. We're we'll going to be looking at uh, a couple of beers from Tiny Rebel. Uh, we've got some good books to look at. We're going to pre- preview in WrestleMania 37. Um, we both watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, so we'll we, be giving our oh, so good our take so on that. Fucking good. Uh, and along with that, we'll be looking at the classic Superman and Christopher Reeve. We'll be deep diving uh, RKL, and on top of that, we got an interview with Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse. Ooh, I'm gonna smash your face. So yeah, but um, first, we're not angry as hell today, because we're drinking. Because we're drinking. So we're just going to have a Well, the thing is, you could, you could be angry as hell, Yeah. Right? because this morning, right, I drove down to Portugal to see my ma. Right. Right? And all the tickets were streaming in there. Oh, were they? There was queues of cars again. There wasn't a single parking space in town, so I picked up to take her into this shopping line. And everybody seems to go, oh, look, we can move about now, right? Yeah. Let's go about. There's no masks. There's no social distancing. And then it's the same people doing this. They're going to piss a moment. Yeah. We go into another lockdown exactly. because the third way is saying this is going to be like, fuck's sake. Don't What's been all the news? Did you see Cardiff Bay and all that palaver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's disgusting. Rubbish people just need to have a bit of sense about them. Like, we all want to go out on, on, on drinking. Yeah. We all want to do that. We all, we all want to go out and get hammered and, you know, just shout abuse of people and yeah. fall over and then <laughs> wet ourselves. And but you, want, you know, I want to do it safely and I definitely don't want to do it on the steps of the Senate. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I wouldn't mind wetting myself on the steps of the Senate. <laughs> Taking a big shit there. That's the thing, right? Senate don't give two, to- two tosses about any of us. No. And I know this for a fact. Because if they knew who any of us were, the, the, the Welsh Tories wouldn't be sending emails to the, the last moving inbox. Yes. Oh, is that Which right? Means, yeah, yeah, we get them. So I block them every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mail them back and just say, "Not today, you Tory fucks." <laughs> I just like block them. I can imagine yeah. you doing that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was going to send them a picture of my bell end, <laughs> but I thought this is going to look really odd if somebody else is on the computer. <laughs> or picks it up, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah, so what, what was that freaky old sausage and all that great <laughs> shit that I did? What the f- We got some um, developments with Mass Movement, haven't we? We do. We, um, we decided we're going to up the podcast quotient. Yeah. So there's going to be, instead of, this show's going to be the mainstay, the flagship, and it's going to carry on as usual. Yeah. And we're going to put some extra shows on in between, so... The first episode of Geekorama is up now. Yeah. Which um, is hosted by you. On yes. Todd. Yeah. Just you. Me. Talk to yourself. Just, just me talking to myself. <laughs> crying. And you know. Just generally being me. When I'm by myself. Crying and moaning about the futility of existence. And like. The last 20 minutes. I, just did, him I gave up my guns. Because I couldn't trust myself. Not to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> last episode. The last 20 minutes of the episode. Was you. Just crying. <laughs> Having a cry wank. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> right, I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't actually understand right, why anybody... Cry wank with him. Yeah, but why anybody want to listen to me masturbate for like <laughs> 10 minutes? It would just be like some breathless old man. Uh, yeah, I'll talk about I'll be doing um, a Star Wars-based uh, podcast, Yeah, which I'm looking forward to doing. The first episode will be in the next few weeks. And we've got we've roped in Tony Filer to yeah. do a really geeky sort of Doctor Who and obscure science fiction and fantasy cast too. So tons of content. Tons and tons of content. Tony's really funny, so you yeah. don't dig it. So Podbean and Spotify for that. And... Amazon Music and all the rest of that shit too. Yeah, the usual, yeah, iTunes, wherever there's podcasts now, it's, yeah. you'll Where, find us. Wherever there are podcasts, you you'll find, find us. us. <laughs> da, 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 da. I, I, you know, I really need to work on my jingle writing. Yeah. Because it's usually just like, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. So what are we drinking, Tim? Uh, we got, well, you tell us what we're drinking. Yeah, so it's Tiny Rebel. It's yeah. uh, Hello Goodbye. Uh, it's uh, based on uh, Brad Academy. Obviously, they don't have the rights to these things, so they just kind of pay homage, don't they? You know. Yeah, it's like an ode to the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, right? yeah. And so Gerard Way doesn't get really pissy and cross and yeah. fire off letters from his lawyers. Sue them! <laughs> Sue them now! <laughs> Gerard wants some more money. <laughs> it's a, it's a lovely it's a lovely beer though. Yeah, uh, it's good. Yeah, very citrusy. Uh, it looks like a bloody orange juice to, to 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 look at. Yeah, it looks like no man's urine sample. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. It's just yeah. like a nice cloudy Nipah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. So there's that. For, um, for those of you not there, Nipah is a New England IPA. New England IPA. New England IPA. Yeah, Tiny Rebel again. Knock out the park. We say it every time. I mean, I don't think I've had a bad beer from them. Right? No. Oh, I did have one bad beer from them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not bad. It, it tasted. It tasted all right. By their standards, is it? No, it wasn't even that. It was just. It was at a beer festival. Um, in the coach, and it's by the power of Grayskull. Oh right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And so there's no way I'm not going to try a beer called by the power of Grayskull. Of course, but I wish I tried it earlier in the day and not finished off on it. Ah, uh, okay. Because it was like a nine and a half percent, you know, <laughs> bong hit to your to your brain, and so there's I think it's like three or four hours finished off on it, and it finishes all off. Really? To the point where one one people we were got on the table when his wife came in, did a little dance, said, "That's my wife, that's my wife," and then fell off the table. And it's all because <laughs> all because of the power of Grayskull. Yeah, the, co- the coach don't like us very much. Don't like much of a turn up. I mean, I hope we'll be welcomed back with open arms 
and they don't go, oh, fuck me, it's those bellends again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, you know? yeah, but I mean, um, I love that. They've got a few theme beers, haven't they? Like, you know, sort of. Yeah. You know, there's the uh, Christmas Die Hard one, isn't there? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I was called Welcome to the Party Pal. That's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, right, okay. yeah. So, which is like again, it's a quote from that. But um, yeah, I, I I love this. This is a very summery drink, very very palatable. <laughs> very palatable. Yeah, yeah, very palatable. Yeah. Very, very, very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tiny rebel. Not I was talking about being very very drunk. Mm-hmm. I got some um, like all these own brand like Samuel Joe's bourbon. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And the missus, <laughs> missus took one look at it, tasted it, that's different. She was like, no, 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 no. That's like, that's like rubbing alcohol that's got a fake bourbon bit of flavour. Oh, God, it tastes like going down. Right? Yeah. But you are rough as a bad disaster. Really? It's literally like that stuff that makes your brain squeeze. You'll get a hangover, like a headache hangover. Yeah. You just feel completely washed out. All like, these the range of... Um... Spirit is, is all right, you know. They, they go more hits than misses. Yeah, well, that's a miss. That's a miss. That, that's a definite miss. Okay? <laughs> it's not as good as the little brand, which is like Western Gold. Yeah, yeah. Which tastes like uh, a smoother Jack Daniels. Yeah. That's really good. And Little's um, rum, dark rum, is really nice. Yeah. And they've got the spice version of it. Um, it's called Captain something or other. <laughs> not Ca- Captain Pete's. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Pete's peg leg rum or some <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, that's really nice. Um, mm. You know, it's got... it's. Um, it's not Captain Morgan. No. But it's a good alternative. It's not a cheap alternative. It's, it's a good spirit. Um, and it, it's just really nice. The, yeah, see, the only reason I drink rum, I, I do like rum. Right? Yeah. But the reason I drink it predominantly is just to pretend to be a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, it's the best thing to do. Like, yeah, yeah but the rum. And you start singing <laughs> songs and shit. And then you put, like, the Disney Channel on. You watch, like... Which pirate am I going to be today? The ones on Amazon Prime? <laughs> yeah. Am I going to be, you know, Peter Yusuf? I'll be Peter Yusuf any day of the week, you know? Well, Jolly fat old pirate. sea shanties again. <laughs> oh, Christ, he's off. He's in the bar throwing. Where are you going? Look, he's, he's there. He's got his little hat on. He, he's pretending <laughs> to sword fight people away. <laughs> oh, Christ. When he starts to pick the phone, you are. Welcome aboard, meaties. <laughs> That's when you know you're in trouble. Yeah. That's when you know you should lay off the rum. Yeah, that's when the, the lid goes back on. Yeah. <laughs> but then and only then. So as you're nine tenths of the way through your bottle of rum, you know, <laughs> oh, look, there's this, this a stomach pump calling somewhere. <laughs> you know you're in trouble. Like. Okay, so what, should we... Uh, should well, we let's, get, let's crack on the... Oh, yeah, yeah, all right, let's do that. Yeah, let's open this other one. Go on. Yep. So, this one is Tiny Rebel again. Yeah. Black Cherry Cream. Black soda. cherry cream soda paler. I like the name black cherry cream, right? Because it does sound like a pornographic actress from 1973. <laughs> 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 black cherry cream stars in Deep Throat 27. <laughs> What's her specialty? Oh, that. Oh. oh, that looks like a. It looks like black cherry's cream too. <laughs> that looks like the urine sample one I've been ill. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's black cherry has definitely creamed. Yep. Oh, that's good. Paul. That's a good pour. <laughs> oh, smells nice. It smells nice? Yeah, it's got that cream soda sort of nose to it. It does. What's more? Oh, well, oh banger rang. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely the nice one, too. That's see, really good. I don't like cream soda as a rule, but when you put don't it in you? beer, it's nice. <laughs> I, like, I like, you know, cream. 
Oh bloody hell! That's like nice. ladies' cream. No, sorry. <laughs> that's another topic. Sorry, another conversation for another day. Yeah, the podcast. The one you parading around with Geek Corral, like it's yeah. in fact porn around. <laughs> that's that's the last twenty minutes of Geek Corral. <laughs> oh look at that! That's gorgeous. It is good. Mm-hmm. Look, we've said this before. We're going to say this again, and we and we'll undoubtedly keep on saying this. Yeah. Any rebel sponsors you bastards. Yeah. And I mean bastards as in like a really affectionate, nice way. I don't mean like as in, you know, yeah. the awful terminology. But please sponsor us. We, we, we push. <laughs> you know, we are, the, we are the people that help to build your brewery. Yeah. And that's, that can be truly said. You've been, a, you've been there from the beginning, haven't you, with Tiny Rebel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, due to run Tiny Rebel, my wife is working for a oh, business called Insider. Okay. And they used to run these conferences in Cardiff. And the guys who started Tiny Rebel, she met them and they gave her like two sample beers of their, their very first sample beers. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, so, yeah. And I've been a fan ever since. The brewery is awesome. I've not been there. It's awesome. It's such a good uh, visit. It's a nice bar. Plus, you've got the, you know, it's got that little sort of museum bit as you as you walk in that shows you their first sort of pans they used, you know, for their, uh, their first beers. You make this sound like some Cornish experience, like Cornish gold mining experience. There's the pans we use. Yeah, <laughs> but it's in the middle of Newport. It's in, like, Newport Industrial Station. You are just standing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously you can enjoy, they've got the range of beers there, obviously. They've got a, a 40-foot bar, and it's got every beer across the board, across there. Do you think there's, like, a prize if you do do every single beer there? Or Mr. Mike Davis, shout or out Mike. just the death that awaited you? Well, Mike could do it. He, he attempted it. I saw, he may have done it at Christmas. Oh, you know what? I've never ever met anybody who can drink like Mike. Ever. I know he, he, um, we had a Christmas do with work uh, two years ago. Right. And uh, he said, I'm going to start that side and finish down there. And I'm sharing a hotel room with, that, oh. with him that night. I was like, please Foolish, don't. Yeah, I've, I've been drinking Mike <laughs> on a number of occasions. Foolishly, I might add. <laughs> because you never, ever keep up with Mike. Yeah, no. It's like, it's like that famous thing in The Simpsons, isn't there? You start at the beginning, and you go, oh, oh, Mary. And there's like, scene missing, scene missing, scene missing, scene yeah. missing, scene missing. Yeah. And then, you know, you just end up ambulance at the end. It's a pointless endeavour. You just, you're not going to keep oh, up with Mike. He, yeah, but he is one of the sweetest books I know. Yeah, he, he is. loved yeah. it a bit. And Tiny Rebel should also sponsor Mike. <laughs> they should, he, should, he should be their mascot. Yeah, he really should. Do you yeah. know what they got that teddy? You know, with the missing eye and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just put Mike's face on it. Just have Mike, yeah. Because he looks kind of like a teddy bear anyway. Yeah. You can have him on those, one of those, because they got those chimneys, haven't they? they got those um, those big towers outside there. Yeah. Thing. You can have a big picture of Mike on there. But teddy bear's body with Mike's face on it. Yeah, yeah. Especially that curtains haircut he's got at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, let's sit on that sex swing he has. His wife to get another tidy one from Tiny Rebel and black cherry cream soda pale ale. Wow, bargains! Awesome. Let's have a trash with him. Yep, we have him. Uh, Grand Collapse. We like these guys. They're oh, local. We love these guys. And they're also on the compilation from Engineer Records. It's the scene a, that would not die. It goes along with Ian Glasper's new yeah. book. Yeah, the scene that would not die. Funnily enough, it's a great book. I seriously, it's so good. It's just Glasper doing what Glasper does best. Yeah, very much so, yeah, yeah. Um, you can go to Earth Island Books and pick this up, or you can go to Engineer Records and pick it up. It's on yeah. both, um, obviously because of the, the book tie-in, but it's a compilation, and it's uh, 60, you know, 60 tracks of yeah. the best UK punk bands that are out there now and have been around in the last 20 years. Well, this is the thing. If you go to Earth Island, 
you'll order the CD and book deal, and it's like mm-hmm. 15 quid, 20 quid for both. Yeah. <clears throat> it's great, lo- loads and loads of great punk rock, and you can read the book at the same time while you're listening to it. What more could you want from life? Exactly. Apart from big titty hookers and cocaine. <laughs> okay, so well, this is a Grand Collapse with Omission. <laughs>
Okay, that was Grand Collapse with a mission from the scene with the Would Not Die compilation on Engine Records. And Hello, Glenn. Books. Hello, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. What's up, everybody? It's John Bush from Armored Saints, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast. So blast it. Okay, so you've uh, well, not revisiting because you said it's a, it's a constant in your life almost, yeah. uh, but a book. You wanted to, we wanted to talk about it's called the moat in God's eye. Oh, the moat, the motty in God's eye, whichever, whichever. Is it a moat or mot? Mot, mm. moat. Um, yeah. It's the first contact novel written by uh, Larry Niven and Jerry Brunel. Yeah. Um, and it's just fantastic. Seventy four. So when was your? Uh... I read it first time would be eighty six, maybe eighty five, eighty six. Okay. I got my old man's copy. Wow. And it's been a constant in my literary cycle ever since. So I'll read it once, probably once a year. Okay. Um, and it's not one of these first contact novels where, oh, in 20 years, the aliens come into, we're going to get caught with aliens. It's like set a thousand years in the future. Okay. okay. So, um, civilize it. we've got the stars and humanity's collapsed and in an attempt to try and find all the old colonies, um, the future Navy is going out to try and reestablish contact with them. Okay. Um, and they notice a flash from God's Eye, which is a, a constellation. Yeah. Way way up, and it's an alien spaceship, and we get in contact with an alien. You know, we make first contact with an alien species, completely alien, completely different to ours, and it's the chaos that ensues after that because first contact does not always go well. It's so it's not, like a, a, not about warfare; it's about one society trying to adjust to another society's ideals. Okay, um, and it's. Obviously, because it's like 74, it's, it's basically an allegory for the effects of overpopulation and what it's going to do okay. yeah. to the Earth. And it's just, it's a, it's interesting. The, the characterization is superb. It's not, you know, an afternoon's read by any stretch of the imagination. It's yeah. a couple of days, two, three days. Yeah. Um, but it's just fantastic. I've never, um, I want to now. Yeah. I've never, I've, I've never heard of it. But um, It's one of my science fiction top ten. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Easily. Disappointing to find out that, you know, we're a thousand years in the future though and we still haven't had first contact. Well, I don't think we will. <laughs> Ever? For, well, not, 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 for, not in our lifetimes. Not in our lifetimes. Um, if we do in our lifetimes, it'll be, it'll be with artificial intelligence. It'll be a space probe. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. what we're assuming, right, and yeah. stupidly, you know, with all the flying saucer nuts and the people in their little tinfoil hats, yeah. the aliens are here. Why? Why would they be here? Yeah. What, what, what have we sent out? Further than the, the, our, our solar system, we've sent out mechanical probes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to save money and expense, energy. Yeah. Aliens are going to do the same thing. They're going to send out mechanical probes. So, our first contact will be with a mechanical probe, or it'll be a signal from somewhere where we can't visit for 25,000 years anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, so we'll, we'll have some sort of signal, but like you say, it'll be. I think we'll have, there'll be confirmation of a signal in 10 years. Wow, okay. In 10 years. And it'll just change. The way we live as a species, it'll change human history forever. So and that's what this—that's what this novel kind does. Of, kind it, of deals it, with that. Yeah, yeah. It looks at you know how the impact of first contact will affect both species. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you said it's in constant. Uh, it's never it's been out constant. Print. It's never been out of print. It's one of those classics, and yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. I can't recommend it enough. So it's the Modern God's Eye, Larry Niven, Jerry Pennell, and it is just superb. So get it on a Friday, right? Yeah. Shut yourself in your little room. Yeah. Big flask of coffee. <laughs> adult diaper on. <laughs> right? 
and just sit down and read. That way you don't get disturbed. Yeah, you just do what you got to do. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's definitely worth wearing a diaper for. <laughs> it's one of those books. It's one of those It's books. a diaper book. It's a diaper book. It might even be a three diaper book. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it depends on your rate of coffee consumption and what else you've been eating, you dirty bastard. <laughs> This is Roger from Agnostic Front. You're listening to Mass Movement Presents. All right, so let's move on then. Um, next week is something that makes me feel really old. WrestleMania 37. That's because you are really old. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel old. You are. My first WrestleMania was five. Five? Yeah. Um, I saw oh, three, I think. Was that? Well, yeah. I'm, I'm just fucking ancient. Like. Yeah. It was because like, the first one on Sky or over on Terrestrial TV over here was... Uh, six, right? But if you're lucky enough to have like in being tape trading or any of that business, or have contacts, well, manga, I think from Ford because they used to run like a, a pirate video ring. Oh, okay. In Ford, Virginia. Yeah. And so that's why I saw like ET in before I hit the cinemas here. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah, and Tron and all that kind of stuff. Like well, that was when like American releases, films yeah. were released in America yeah, first. Yeah, like six months, and then you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Day, I saw ET like three months before it was released here, and I saw Tron like. Four months was released here. Wow! Because we saw on um, pirate video. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where they got them from. But I don't want to ask because like the major part of the catalog when I saw it was, which is like, oh, good grief, are you <laughs> <laughs> disgusting? So what? So three for you then? Was it WrestleMania three? Yeah. So that was Hulk and Andre, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Macho mm. Man. That was a classic. Yeah. So yeah, we got thirty-seven coming up, which is uh, a scary thought, and it's, it's changed a lot. Don't know if I can have. Crowds there or not? It's been rumored they might have limited numbers there. See, I, I'm still wary about going out in public and seeing big yeah, yeah. things. So I mean, I, I would imagine it's the same. Where is it? Where is thirty seven? Thirty seven. It's in uh, Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. over, over two nights. It'll be restricted as hell because Florida had a massive spike in COVID. Yeah. Um, and I know that because got friends out there like Jim and Amy. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Florida, they were Florida's really badly hit, um, and Al's out there too, right? Um, you know, Al and the rule, yeah, and the rule, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. My boy Al, they were really, really badly hit, and of course Connors as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah he's got there as well, yeah. I forget about our boy Connors. <laughs> Can't JX. Not. Yeah, oh, JX man. I, I genuinely miss seeing Jay. Yeah, yeah gigs, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I had yeah. a laugh and a giggle with him. Yeah. Because he's like he, he's one of those dudes who just makes you laugh with something absurd. Yeah, he comes out of ab, comes out of absolutely nowhere. Comes on left field and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things about WrestleMania um, in more modern times. I mean, we, they didn't start doing this till what two thousands or whatever. But yeah. is the um, the Hall of Fame right? Uh, I mean, there's some notable omissions like Owen Owen Hart's not in there. And, yeah, but it's pretty. They're doing two lots this year, so they're doing JPL. Right. Or Bradshaw. Uh, British Bulldog. Jushin Liger. The NWO. <laughs> <laughs> the Bella Twins. <laughs> William Shatner. See? The Shat. I love Shatner. I, I think Shatner is one of, the, one of the, the greatest human beings to have ever yeah. done anything. Um But in the rest of in, in the WWE, in the, oh, the WWE, I don't say WWE, I think. Age. Um, I I don't get that. It's it's a weird one. They do that. that they got one celebrity every year. They put yeah. in and it's like oh, Mr. T's gone in and 
Which I, again makes it easy. I mean, you know, he's a WrestleMania and that was a big, you know, he helped put it on the map, really, the, the original WrestleMania. Yeah. Shatner's, I mean, he's done, he's he's guested on Raw a few times, as I remember. And I think he does some um, narrator work for the network. Does that, is that Hall of Fame worthy? Well, sure. take like Shatner, right? I don't care. You know, I, I would watch Bill all day. Yeah. Quite frankly. Yeah. Even at 90 years old. Yeah. All jowly, his little wig, sell the tape to his head and shit. Right <laughs> yeah. Off, you know? Him trying to pretend he's not bored, but oh bless him, we, we all know he, you know he's been bored since '69. But I uh, is he should he, should he be in the Hall of Fame? No, yeah, a wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's a weird one. King, oh, well, King's go, King can go in there all day long. Yeah, um, remember his debut? King's debut. Yeah, when he ripped the uh, the door off the hell of the cell. Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. Sort of Ninety. Was, wasn't Paul Bear involved in that? Yeah, Paul Bear brought him down. Yeah, he was yeah, like the brother of the Undertaker yeah. on the and yeah, weak uh, ass storyline that was. <laughs> yeah. RVD's going. Yeah, well, that's always that's always cool. Like. Yeah, RVD. Yeah, he's a, he's just awesome RVD, and he can still go now. He's like he's still enough gas in his tank. To yeah, go. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. probably because well, the the copious amounts of weed he smokes. Yeah, because <laughs> like RVD's breakfast, you're not feeling anything for the rest of the day. You're just on that like, mellow buzz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's over two nights. I don't, I don't know. The first night, the highlight's going to be Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in a steel yeah. cage. Obviously, there's going to be a big spot there. Yeah, but it's just like, oh, really? Yeah. Weak. I think it's been done now, and there's so many times. Yeah. It's predictable, and... They just go for, like, high spot matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I don't mind high spots. I do like seeing high spots. There's a place for but, it, isn't there? It's like... Yeah, but, you know, just we like, it's WrestleMania, high spot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Vince. Look, Vince, we said it before, and we will say it again. Pick up the phone, ring me and Chris. We will revolutionise the rest we'll of the We'll write for you, yeah, yeah. Yes, we will. Yeah. Right? We'll take it back to, you know, old school style. <laughs> With plenty of vignettes and plenty of, like, soap opera stylings. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's sorely missing. It is, yeah. It's too uh, forced at the moment. They're trying to bring that in, but it's... And to be fair, we don't know shit about the business, right? So, you know, we beat us up the ring. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. What we want to do is write great stuff, write great TV for you. And we could write great TV for you. The best wrestlers are always... We always say this, and every fan I know says it, is the extended versions of themselves. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's how scripted, people get across. A scripted Stone Cold would be awful. All you do is you turn up, you, you go there and just turn yourself up to 10. Yeah. That's what Stone Cold Steve Austin's like, but it's yeah. just a more, more mellow version. The Rock is like that the in real life. Yeah, yeah. Right? But, you know, turned up to 10 when he's on. Yeah. Same with Triple H. Shawn Michaels, they all do the same. Yeah, but Triple H, Triple H is one of the genuinely funniest, genuinely funniest guys. Yeah, yeah. In the world, because he's got such a dry sense of humour, mm. you either get it or you don't. And yeah. if you get it, you're just like, dude, I wish I was half as funny as you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we've got um, night two then is uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan in the Triple Threat. <sighs> oh, I wonder who's coming out of that. <laughs> yeah. The Fiend Bray Wyatt, he came back last week, all burnt up. Uh, versus Randy Orton. Uh, I'm not I sure. I was going to win that one. <laughs> I'm not quite sure we're on Nigerian drum matches. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm s- oh. I know. <laughs> we're out of uh, A Nigerian drum match. Yeah. Biggie versus Apollo Crews for the uh, WWE Intercontinental uh. belt. So, yeah. It's, it doesn't. It's not a wrestling. It's not a card that leaps out at me. No, but it'll be mild entertaining. I would have thought it'd be mild entertaining to find out what a Nigerian drum match is. Yeah, yeah. You know? 
Like I'd be hideously disappointed if it didn't involve somebody smashing a Nigerian drum or something else <laughs> yeah. and a skin breaking and it's been on the head <laughs> yeah. and it's sort of staggering about like you know like, like cartoon you know, style yeah, 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 with, yeah with the drum all, talking, all fucked up with little yeah. birds tweeting around the top yeah I would be hideously disappointed if that didn't happen yeah it's got, that's got to happen so that's WrestleMania next week um, the last last year's was alright it was behind it was in the former centre the WWE gym basically mm. Which was very strange, but they made it work. And strangely, it worked with no crowd and everything, and I enjoyed it. So I'm hoping I'll be surprised at this one. I'll be up watching the whole eight hour over two nights thing, maybe. No, you won't. You're a man, you fall asleep. In the yeah, time. you're probably you're right. Two, two, like, two, uh, two things, yeah, I'll be Friday night, I thought, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to sit down and watch my shows. <laughs> watch <laughs> my old man shows. So I watched like the one I have to watch. Yeah. Which is imperative. So I watched that. And I sat down to watch the other one, and I remember it started. Yeah. And then I opened my eyes, and the prime screen was up on the TV, and I'd fallen asleep in my chair, and I just thought, fuck me, I'm my dad. <laughs> I've officially moved on. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. I was just, it was just one of those and you go, oh, no, 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 done. <laughs> so I got to watch it this morning. <clears throat> oh, fuck. Just okay. Hideously embarrassing. In time of the tractory? Yep, who are we going to have this time? Uh, the Death of Youth. Again, on our favourite record company, a record label, uh, Engineer Records. This is Death of Youth, and this is Faded Nostalgia. Woo!
Right, that was Death of Youth with Fading Nostalgia. Uh, they're out on Engineer Records. Uh, go spend your money now. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Peprick, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. So we've uh, both been checking out on uh, Disney+, Plus, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, my God, so good. It is, Just yes. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. I agree um, with that. I, I just love the fact they brought John Walker in. Yeah. The only thing I would change, like with the first episode of Falcon Winter Soldier, the only thing I would have changed yeah. is when they wheel off John Walker out of the end, um, US agent, as he was, Captain America as he is now, yeah. US agent as he will be again. Yeah. Um, when Sam sees him at the end, they just cut and just see Sam's astonishment. What I would have done is I just had the one with Sam goes, what the f... And then yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's awesome, isn't it? It's just carrying on, the, obviously, the, the Captain America... Uh, myth a bit further yeah but I, ju- I just love the interplay between Bucky and Sam I think yeah yeah wonderful. it works exactly the same way as it does in the comics okay so um, who's going to be Captain America by the end of this season uh, I don't know I it's mean I friends. loved Sam's run as Winter Soldier uh, yeah. as, sorry, as Captain America yeah um, in the comics because he questioned the idea was America ready for Black Captain America. Yeah, yeah. And this is sort of what they're doing now because, mm. you know, Sam said, I don't want the shield, I don't want the shield. Rather than saying, Steve chose you, you've got to wear the shield. It's not your choice. It's a responsibility and a yeah. battle you have to bear. Yeah. All right? Rather than saying that, they just go give it to the white guy. Yeah, it's almost, almost automatic. He's the, the face of America. He's yeah, like, uh, before Sam got the shield, Bucky had it. Yeah. Because Bucky was Captain America That's as well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, arguably, Bucky was my favourite Captain America. Okay. Because he operates in a much more... His 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 morality is much greyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's not burdened by, oh, I don't want to hurt this guy, I don't want to kill this guy, you know? It's just like... But he gets that situation. I'm going to break you in yeah. two, and that's the end of it. If my mission involves me going from A to B and you get in my way... I will go through you. Because he was programmed to be a killer, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, so, so. But, but, but Sam and Steve would go, well, we'll try to swerve around you if we can. But yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the juggernaut, I'm going straight, straight through you. Yeah. And that's, there's a there's elements of that starting to show in this show, you know. Yeah. I was the Winter Soldier, I'm James Buchanan Barnes, I'm here to make amends for my previous life. Yeah. <clears throat> and he, 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 he might say, I'm complying with the rules, you know, don't hurt anybody. And do yeah. But he's not, because he's Bucky, and yeah. Bucky doesn't do that. You know, Bucky is a machine who yeah. goes made to be, regardless of what's in his way, all the time. And I just love it. Yeah, I, I love that. I'll be telling that story at the moment because it's almost like he's struggling with it, but he's he's not as well. He's almost yeah. He's, he's trying just, to find out who he is, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's still sort of um, how programmed was I? Um, yeah, sort of deal, isn't it? Because you know, he's he's, a, he's basically <clears throat> he's a twenty-seven, twenty-eight-year-old man, and yeah. six-year-old body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when he goes on that date and then she yeah. asks him, How old are you? 106. And the way he says it's so deadpan and serious. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just telling you the truth. And she's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Zemo coming back this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> I know. <laughs> so that he was at the end of episode two, wasn't he? Yeah. They ended towards him, and then episode three is just dropped, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And. You've seen? Have you seen episode three yet? Uh, no, I've but I've seen. I've had it kind of. Dude, don't go there, is it? It's 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 awesome. Okay. All <laughs> the right. last two minutes, right? Wow. When they roll out of there. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Cool. Right. And it's just you know, <laughs> Zemo's outfit in his big coat. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Brand new con. It's like, you're the coolest man alive. <laughs> Giving it all his moves and stuff. Nice. So, yeah, I, I am really, really liking it. Um, I mean, I love WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision. Absolutely. Because yeah. that, that's set up Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. And Doctor Strange. Yeah. Multiverse of Madness. Definitely. But, there's, cause, cause, have you, you heard the casting rumours? For? Captain Marvel 2. No. Talk about WandaVision, right? So, there's a casting rumour about the new Wolverine, and the new Wolverine's been cast. Really? Go on, yeah. yeah. Henry Cavill. That's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Mm, I'm not sure. I can see it. Yeah. But has he got that grittiness you need? Or, you know, can he do that grittiness? That sort yeah. Of... No, he can. He definitely can. Yeah. In, 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 the, in the last Mission Impossible film. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. we know we can play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know we can turn like the bastards up to ten. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's an interesting one, that is. If it's true, yeah. Some of your DCs getting fired. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Some of your Warner Brothers is getting the chop, and they are just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because after seeing the Snyder cut, holy shit! By the way, holy. Well, let's get on to that. That's um, our next. Uh, you know, wow. Yeah, it was everything was everything was promised to be. It was. Yeah, it was. It's a completely different film. It's yeah. not a cut of the same. It's not a, cut, a Justice League cut. It's a completely different film. It's the film it should have been from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Four yeah, hours, but, or was it four, four yeah, hours, ten minutes? Four hours, ten minutes. But arguably, <clears throat> that could have been released as two films. For, yeah. in the cinema. Yeah, with a cut in the middle, and Warner Brothers would have made a fucking killing. Yeah, definitely. They would have made a fortune. Yeah, it was. Um, um, I mean, the revelation at the end. Well, you know, it was Joker turning up. I don't care if, if, if this is spoilers. Well, I mean, yeah, that's just, one, that's just you know, Bruce Wayne's premonition, isn't it? It's like a Bruce, a yeah. that Bruce Wayne has of a possible future. Yeah. So if because uh, yeah, it's all about basically, it's all based all about Lois, isn't it? Yeah, and um, I will fucking kill you. Yeah. I, just, I'm just, yeah. Like, just Batman delivering that line, it's just like, yes, Bruce, yes, you are. This is Frank Miller. A Batman F bomb, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. But all the way through that, I just kept thinking the only thing I would love to see now is, is an Affleck Batman. Yeah, I would yeah. love to see Affleck given that chance. It's that battle hardened Batman out there smashing through stuff and being the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. You know, don't need any more origin stories. I'm obviously going to go and watch the new Batman film. Yeah, but well, I don't need another Batman origin story. Yeah. I've seen let's continue so it many Batman yeah. origin stories. I've read so many Batman origin stories. I don't need to see it again. Yeah, let's, really let's again. explore another aspect of his life. Yeah, isn't it, you know? let's have Affleck in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The Martian Manhunter. Yes, yeah, please. yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Green Latin's on screen. Yes, please. Yeah. I'm loving that. Yeah. It was just perfect. I thought Aquaman's a bit. I don't like. I'm not, I wasn't first in the Aquaman movie, and his character is just a bit flat, I think. I, My problem with the Aquaman movie is there's no on screen chemistry between him and Mira at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely none. Yeah. Um, and that's the problem I have with it. Mm. It's not a case of. Momo was not good in the role because Momo was good in everything he does. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, you, you're throwing him in against Affleck and Henry Cavill and Gal Gadot and, you know, you've got to bring your A-game all yeah, the time yeah, to those yeah. three because they are just intense. And some of the gratuity with him is just, oh, it's starting to get a bit, I mean, he's a good-looking fellow, obviously. Yeah. And he, his body's okay too. Yeah. You know. <laughs> big, big, big man crush from Chris. <laughs> not that Chris has a type. Yeah. <laughs> No, but you know there was like there's heavily, <laughs> heavily tattooed <laughs> New Zealand dudes. No, not that, not that Chris has a has a type <laughs> Samoan, Samoan, Samoan. Was it was it in this or was it in the, yeah, it was in this, yeah, where um like so he's going back to the uh, the ocean, he goes to the dock 
He finishes, <laughs> finishes a bottle of whiskey. He takes his shirt off, and it's like all the village comes to see say goodbye. Comes to see him take his shirt off. Yeah. Like, oh, it's off. And all the first group. Get, yeah. All the first group is all the women. And they're all singing a little song. Yeah. He's taking his shirt off. Yeah. Well, you know, yes, that <laughs> that kind of does happen because yeah. right, we know this because of the Chippendales. <laughs> True. You know. True. But it's comic book Chippendales. It was a bit. Yeah, it's a bit gratuitous. It was, not, it was odd seeing Willem Dafoe with long hair. Yeah, I love Willem you know? Dafoe. I mean, I, I, who doesn't love Willem oh Dafoe? Oh, my God. But he could have done with a haircut. So yeah, yeah. Same size thing. Willem, get rid of them fucking hippie locks, pal, because they don't ensue <laughs> you at all. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of the domestic abuser. What's her face? Amanda. Not Amanda. What's her uh, Chops. Oh, Joy yeah. Depp's ex. Uh, uh, Amber Heard. Yeah, I'm not a fan of hers. She's, so she's not the best actress. I mean, what? no, it's, it's not about the actress thing. It's just I don't like the fact that you know she swings first and then yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, blames it on everybody else her bad temper and everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just believe in accountability. Everybody is accountable for their own actions, and she doesn't seem to be accountable for her own actions. It seems to think that everything should come to her. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean to. I don't want to sound like really negative about her, but like you said, she can't act either. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, she she doesn't sort of gel with anybody. Um, she's a bit sort of wooden. Yeah. Um, and she's not really. Yeah, when you hear the stories about her, you just think, nah. Nah. I mean, Johnny equally. I mean, you know, if Johnny's like uh, guilty in all this, then I mean, we love Johnny Depp as an actor. Absolutely. But if, if he's guilty of all this, then you know he deserves as much criticism. But yeah. Um, you know, it is what it is. Anyway, yeah, Zack uh, Snyder's Justice League. It was, uh, how did you watch it in the end? On Sky, yeah? <laughs> no, in my house. <laughs> yeah. On Sky, that's right. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I watched it on Sky. Nice. Um, yeah, mate, four hours of just perfection. Yeah, and it flew just... by. It didn't feel like four hours. No, it didn't, and that was the thing, because it, it was just... I, I I just felt like it was an hour and a half long. Yeah. And then by the time it's finished, four hours, four hours left. Where the fuck's that time gone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is just... Movie, was, when we were living with movies do that, they just mm. feel like... You know, just we just clear. lose yourself in this film yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so. Josh Whedon must be crying. Yeah. <laughs> poor Josh. Well, no, not poor Josh. No, he's a ticket. <laughs> Who could... Somebody could take all that footage... Yeah. And truncate it into two hours to a piece of shit that he did. Yeah. Right? How? And whoever you know, gave Josh Whedon's cut authorization of Warner Brothers fired do you know what, I, I I would have fired him as soon as I saw the Zack Snyder cut I would have gone in and said you authorised that yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're fired yeah. shit get out get out of here I kind of want to go back to that cut though and just I don't remember I never that want well. to see that cut again I don't remember I've it that well I've seen it twice though. I never want to see it again I did went to the cinema to see it we yeah. that one piece of shit right yeah I remember you doing that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. went home waited for a bit watched it again when it came out on DVD still piece of and shit. it's still a piece of shit wow. this is, it, and the difference between Whedon's cut and Snyder's cut is just, it's just chalk and cheese they're, they're, they're not the same film not even remotely similar yeah yeah yeah. And the characterisation is far superior to Zack Snyder's film yeah um, the story's far superior there are bits which fill in all the gaps that Whedon left out yeah you know the reason for Darkseid being there the, re- the reason for yeah you yeah know, because you had, yeah, you had, sorry, you had no it. context really, wasn't yeah. it? It was just, just, it was just there. The reason Earth is so important to, to mm. Apocalypse, it's just, yeah. This is what it's all about. Yeah, not Apocalypse, Dark Side. Dark Side, yeah, yeah. Marvel and 
DC because they're both basically the same character. <laughs> yeah. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. So um, let's, let's move on then. We're going to go backwards, but still sort of stay in the DC universe. Um, we all looked at we always look at an old movie, and we're going to look at uh, the Superman movies. Christopher Reeve. With Christopher Reeve. Um, I got yeah, I got really good memories. Of all he will these. always he will always be my Superman. yeah. I think so yeah, me too. Yeah, you know? I mean, I like Cavill as Superman. Yeah. Didn't like Brandon Ruth as Superman. He was all right. I just yeah, I just, something about it just didn't gel with me. It was um, a bit. He just played it a bit. Chris, he was trying to be Christopher Reeve basically. Yeah, yeah. you can't be Christopher Reeve. Yeah, Christopher it was some part Christopher Reeve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then you know um, Henry Cavill comes along, and I loved Henry Cavill's Man of Steel. I really yeah. did. I thought it was a superb technique. Yeah, yeah. But Christopher Reeve's always just going to be my yeah. Superman. He will always be my Superman. So did you go to the cinema for the first one? Yeah. So I remember I was 79. It came up 78, didn't it? 78. So I imagine 79. 78, 79 yeah. in the cinema? Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. I, my old fella. I went to... Uh, the first one I went The first one I went to was Superman 3. Richard Pryor. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, I still got the novelisation of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. William Katz, I think it is. Oh, yeah. I think it is, actually, yeah. Um... Yeah, that name was well. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but no, I, yeah. So I saw the original suit on opening night. When I found out. Oh, did you? Wow. Yeah. Well, he was a massive DC Comics guy. Okay. So we always used to argue about like comics. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, because my old fellow's a DC guy. Yeah. And I'm Marvel through and through. Okay. Um, I mean, I would dip in and out of DC now and then because yeah, yeah. DC have has the best singular superhero. Two, well, the two best singular superhero characters. Batman. Batman and Green Lantern. Well, that, you don't, I didn't oh, know Green Lantern. Oh, God. Really? Massive Green Lantern. Oh. Yeah. So my superhero top five yeah. is Batman, yeah. Green Lantern, Captain America, Spider-Man, and number five, what do you think it is? It's Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, Moon Knight. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's my top five. Bloody hell. Yeah, I would have been there all night guessing that one. Yeah, yeah well, sometimes, I mean, some characters just resonate with people don't they you know you well, Green Lantern yeah so so we always used to argue about DC and, and Marvel um, you know not badly you know, like, like throwing each other around the room and smashing mirrors over <laughs> each other's heads and it's Batman each other. no it's not it's Spider-Man Captain America you dick <laughs> yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't anything like that um, yeah but we'd always argue you know, further uh, about, about which we we preferred so I went to see Superman because we were opening night Okay, well, and it was, oh, yeah, I, it's those characters like Margot Kidder is my Lois, um, and it always will be like you know when he what the moment Christopher Reeve sells everyone in Superman yeah is when he comes up and he flies with the curve of the Earth yeah and he just sort of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That sort of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah and they look and you go dude you know yeah my heart beateth more for you every yeah. minute. And it's just, yeah. And, uh, oh, what's his name? Terence uh, Zod. Oh, Terence Stamp. Terence Stamp. Kneel before Zod. Yeah. In his, <laughs> in the second one, yeah. In his uh, BDSM clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he would go hit the dance floor. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then, obviously, Superman 2. Um, oh, that's the... Oh, Zod. Zod's in, Zod's in the At first the beginning one. beginning of the first yeah, one. He's classic. Like the director's zone. cut is the one I love. Yeah. Because the theatrical cut is different to the director's cut. That's right, it's yeah. It's like 30 minutes shorter, yeah. the theatrical cut. 
maybe 40 minutes because the theatrical cut is close to three hours. No, no, sorry, the director's cut is close to three hours. Yeah. The theatrical cut's two hours 20 or... That's right. Ridiculous. And that's why they show Zod and... The, yeah, the so they, they, I mean, they show them in the theatrical cut, but it's not... They don't go into as much detail as they do in the director's cut. Yeah. The first half hour of the film is basically Krypton. That's right, yeah. And they send yeah. these judges and they go off to the fandom zone. Yeah, yeah. Send yeah, off yeah. the fandom zone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Brando. I'll give you Brando as well. How do they manage that, aren't they? Who cares? Marlon Brando. <laughs> overrated actor, ever. Yeah. Oh, what a Bellin. Dickhead. Yeah, I, I my favorite, My favourite bit in The Godfather is when he keels over and dies in the garden. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, yes, fitting in for you, fatty. On your way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree, but you know, his status at that time... That's what all they sold it to him. Like, yeah, you know? but you know he was paid for the talk of screen time. He was paid close to like a million for every five minutes of screen time. So he we had. just filmed that in, like something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just turn up and dial it in, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Marlon Brando. <laughs> <laughs> what a dickhead. Yeah, Superman. I think Superman Two is my favourite. I think that's my favourite of all, all of them. Um, when, yeah. it, when it gets proper with generals on and all. Yes. Yeah. I, I see I've got a real soft spot for Superman the original okay um, I got a soft spot for, soft spot for three yeah because I was really shocked when like you know there's the, the bad Superman I mean it's a bit cheesy now when you look back oh it is dreadful Superman yeah. 4 is big pile of shite oh Superman yeah. 4 is oh my god big pile of shite quest for peace bollocks forget it what was that 87 yeah it's a good while afterwards so I was 10 and I knew it was bollocks then yeah it was just awful when they, they snip his hair from the museum you know and, and but they... that said the Supergirl movie that came out around that time yeah it was actually pretty good it was alright yeah Hannah Slater that's, that's, that's a good yeah. film Fade um, Away was Fade Away wasn't that one yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. Hannah Slater and Peter Cook Peter Cook yes that's but it. see and then you got like Gene Hackman being Lex Luthor yeah Gene Hackman's brilliant in everything he does yeah you know, you put Gene Hackman on the screen, it's like, oh, forget it. You, everybody else might as well just go, we're going home. Hackman's here, we're going home. You know? Because, like, he plays the best, well, the second best anti hero cop ever. Yeah. Pop by Doyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connection, yeah. French Connection. French Connection, too. Yeah. Not as good as Bullet, like, but, you know. I revisited those like, at the end of last year. Um, they were on, the first one was on TV. I'm right. And I tracked on the second one. I was like, cause I They're forgot. on Star. The yes, they are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have, to look, we have to talk about Star Wars because it's well, some, I, I, some good stuff. Briefly about Star. Yeah, I uh, had a day off a while back. Yeah, and I just sat down after Star Wars release because it came out on Friday and I had the day off on Monday. Yeah, deliberately because I knew I was coming up on the Star. Yeah, and I watched um, the massive Walt Disney documentary on Amazon Prime, the four-hour yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, and then I tuned into the two films on Star that I really wanted to see. Yeah, Thirteenth Warrior, Conan. Right. Yeah, 13th Warrior is one of those understated and underrated films the book is incredible as well I, I bought the book after because you, you yeah you yeah yeah I got the book and forwards, yeah, yeah. text back and yeah. said, you've got to read the book so I, I got the book it's just but you know lo there do I see yeah. and I just think oh, oh, this is just killing me yeah. this is this is my kind of film yeah you know and I'm, I'm going to watch it again I think on Tuesday before I go back yeah because I've got Tuesday after, obviously because it's my daughter's 18th <gasps> wow yeah. No, no child anymore. No. Well, I remember what I was telling you before, I said, you know, she's been older than me for the last six years. <laughs> Mentally. Yeah. You know? Running my bullshit and calling me on my nonsense. That's how much I'm on the track. Yeah, who are we going to have track by? Okay, so we got, uh, this is El Chapo. Uh, their new album is out now. Uh, they're from Cardiff Stroke Bristol. New album's called Rise and Grind, and this one's called Gammon. 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 Good. Gammon. Bastards, all of them. Thank you. 
Okay, that was Gammon by El Chapo. Like I said, going to uh, Bandcamp, uh, track down the album, Rise and Grind. Um, if you like your punk with a bit of a stoner, grindy edge to it, uh, you, you'll be all over this. Droogies, bruises, trumpets and losers. Don't touch the fucking vertical. Don't touch the fucking horizontal. Because that's television. This is the Mass Movement Podcast. Take care. Rock hard. Rock heavy. Rock animal. And may your children be born with hair. Alright Tim, let's uh, take a deep dive. Into RKL. RKL. Oh, I, I imagine that, as you usually do, you have a richer history than me with these. Well, with RKL, yeah. yeah. yeah um, see, my history with RKL goes back to Autonomy Records. Right. Um, in Cardiff. Yeah, Mar- yeah. Mad Marvin store. Okay. And they released, I think it's a second album. Right. Um, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's on Alchemy, and Marvin had copies of it in, and he said, you, you're going to like this. Yeah. Because you like all that crossover shit, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I like all that crossover shit. Yeah. Yes, I do like that crossover shit. Marv. (laughs) Marv. 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 Being like 15. (laughs) And, um, yeah, put that record on and change my fucking life. Yeah. Okay. It's one of the greatest crossover records ever written. And they, nobody was writing music like RKL were writing music back in 86, 87. Maybe mid-88. Yeah. Nobody's around music like that at all. Nobody. Just fucking nobody. They crossed a lot of... They blew a lot of lines, didn't they? Between yeah. punk, hardcore, skates. But the early stuff... Then you go back and you revisit the early... Yeah. RKR stuff. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. But the leap between the first album and the second album is just astronomical. Yeah. It's huge. And it became like... Almost like a musical bible. It's been in my constant musical part of my constant musical diet since I got that album. Wow. Okay. Um, I've been through got the, got the album on Alchemy with the original comic book. Yeah, yeah. And then I, that was signing crackless fuck my time. <laughs> I <laughs> traded up the CD and I've been through two CDs of it. Yeah. Since it's worn it down. Yeah, and I've got it um, digitally as well. Because it's just such a good record. It's just, it never ever loses sense of appeal. And they did um, took them years and years and years. They did uh, riches to rags. Yeah. Because uh, there was that <laughs> reactivate thing which Bomber did, which was just yeah. Let's not talk about that in between. Yeah, riches um, to rags was my intro in ninety four and perhaps maybe ninety five. And that's again, it's just that RKL do what RKL do. Yeah. Like, nobody could do that. Yeah. Um, I got shot on McKee for uh, Sean McKee for, uh, for getting me into those. Yeah, he'd, he'd rock up in his uh, his yeah. great Fiesta on the way to a gig, and he had an RKL tape. Somebody copied him. Might have like, me. Yeah, possibly. Um, I was like, "What the hell is this? This is awesome!" And uh, yeah, that was that was my intro. Was I believe it was um, Richard Rags. Yeah, was well, this like um, a couple of years later? I dude from Arizona got in touch called Scooter. Yeah. School Bureau. And he was running Malt Soda Records. Okay. And he said, I read one of your reviews and I, I noticed you really liked RKL. I put this RKL DVD together. Can I send you a review copy? I'm like, fuck yes. Oh, God, yes. Yes, you can, sir. Definitely. <laughs> and um, so I got, so I became really good friends with Scooter. And I, at some point I said to Scooter, oh, I don't suppose you know uh, the RKL guy's addresses, do you? 
emailed Justin again, touched me, said, yeah, yeah, I'll put you in touch with Chris Rast and Jason Sears. No way. Yeah, so I did a massive RKL career retrospective interview, which yeah, yeah. was basically half an issue of Max Movement. Wow. Oh, I, I did, like, we did a two issue, two issues in one. Back. Yeah, yeah. I had one issue in the back, did this RKL interview, it was so big, it took up like half an issue. Yeah. Um, and put that on with an RKL cover and stuff. And it was the only time I spoke to Chris Rest, but I stayed in touch with Jason. Yeah. And I emailed Jason every now and then. He emailed me. And some days when you were, you know, some days you got me, if you got me on, you're on a really shit day. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you get an email pop up in your inbox from Jason Sears. Yeah. And it would be completely out there and just completely nuts. And it would just make you wipe yourself laughing because he was one of the genuinely funniest, nicest guys. Um, so you've interviewed um, him or you just became... Jason, I, yeah, I interviewed Jason a lot of times. And then, you know, he, when Jason had his share of demons. Okay. Um, really did and then he died yeah yeah and it was heartbreak it was, like, was that what it was he was he was um he was in a detox clinic in mexico right i think we'd spoken like two weeks before well you know yeah wow and you know he said he was going to go into detox and he was going to try this new drug and he ended up suffering from a massive aneurysm and dying in his Shit. sleep They've had a lot, quite a lot of death, actually. Yeah, the bomber died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Jason Manzullo, bomber. He died. All in recent years, too. Well, yeah, yeah, and Derek Plourd as well, who played. Yeah. Who was the, one of their drummers. Because Bomb was the Bomb was their original drummer, and you were all their music as well. Yeah. Like all their bass lines and stuff. Bomb was the program musician, Jason Manzullo. And he died of a massive heart attack. I don't remember them ever touring UK. I, they toured the UK once. But I was going to get time off work to go and see him. No, never. So once or twice, twice maybe. Yeah, I think. Um, missed him at some point in the first time. But um, the last time they toured was the one where Will the roadie died in okay. Switzerland. Oh shit! He died of a heroin overdose in Switzerland, and they flew Jason Sears out to right. that tour. So they were always beset by tragedy. Um, yeah. But musically, they were just on a completely on another level. The Rich Kids and LSD were just still one of my favorite bands of all time. And, and their influence is, is far and wide, isn't it? I mean, you know, there's well, there'd be no effect. In fact, Mike's on record saying there would be no no effects on RKR. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. effects just ripped off everything. That's right. Oh yeah, so I read no, that somewhere. No effects ripped off everything on RKR. Yeah, yeah. With Rich Kids and uh, with um, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice that. But you know, some days. You, I kind of miss not getting those emails off Jason. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were popping, just popping, just make you fucking laugh. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no tomorrow, and I, I miss that guy. Yeah. I really miss it. I appreciate. Yeah, sleep well, brother. Yeah. So definitive, uh, RKR, rock and roll nightmare, rock and roll nightmare, yeah, rock and roll nightmare all day long, rock and roll all day long. Yeah, it is. It's. it's not just a definitive RKL record, it's a definitive hardcore record, it's a definitive crossover record, it's a definitive punk rock record. Wow, okay. It's just, yeah, you. everybody needs rock and roll like me in their life. Excellent. Okay, let's kick it up a notch. I was lucky enough to speak to um, Alex Webster, the bass player from Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cannibal Corpse. Awesome. Um, I, I see as a band, I never ever got Cannibal Corpse. No, um, and I think that's what ended for you though in '92, didn't it? Yeah. The <laughs> thing is, I never got that whole sort of Florida wave of death metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole you know Tampa sound or yeah, 
Martin, the Martin sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just didn't get it because for me, death metal for me is Sepultura with up to schizophrenia. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And death up to leprosy, and that's it. Okay. I, I, I you know, a bit of Celtic. Uh, death metal died. Bit of early Celtic frost and all that kind of stuff. I just don't like all that overblown nonsense. I don't want to see. Malevolent Creation and Pestilence when they toured the UK. Oh, they played, yeah, they played the York in Bridgenders back in, like, must have been 91, 92. Yeah, yeah. And they were boring old, boring <laughs> as fuck. Just grown men swinging their hair around, fucking <laughs> windmilling their hair, right? And grunting into microphones. I love and it. And then singing about, you know, depravity and murder and all that kind of shit. And I'm thinking, if you can behave yourself. <laughs> yeah, behave, will you? you know? I don't like a bitter either. And I know everybody raised by the yeah. bitter. I just, oh, don't, I just don't get it. No. You know, I just, I don't. It just leaves me cold. Put the records in. What the fuck is this? You're punk rock through the venues, yeah. Uh, well, I guess, probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So they, yeah, they got their 15th uh, career album out now. It's called uh, Violence uh, Unimagined. Um, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, this is Alex Webster from Cannibal Corpse. Okay, so, um, yeah, so your 15th career album um, comes out April 16th. Um, I've had a listen to it today, um, and once again, you've managed to push everything to extremes. How do you manage to keep on doing that? Oh, you know, I think it helps that we have a number of different songwriters in the band. You know, it's it's me and and Eric and Rob, for example, who wrote the music for this album. And um, then along with Paul, the four of us did lyrics for all of these songs. So um, there's a lot of writing, you know, being spread amongst a few of us in the band and that helps i think we all um, kind of inspire each other to um write the best stuff that we can and each of us are focused on our own songs and making them as killer as they can be and making sure that they're each sort of different from one another so um i think it helps that it's a team effort that's a a big thing for us and um, yeah we still love this kind of music and are really excited to you know, keep making new music and hopefully try and make our best album yet. Of course, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that a new guitarist, Eric, um, has come in. He's also your producer, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So how did his input affect the songwriting process? I mean, um, did, it, did he bring anything new, any new influences or anything like that? Um. Yeah, I mean, he has his own really well developed distinct musical style uh, he's been playing death metal as long as we have yeah you know in other bands um ripping corpse morbid angel and hate eternal yeah um and so you know he he already has this very developed style but he also is very familiar with our band from having produced four of our albums and, yeah you know just knowing our, he knew our music just as a fan and then also um you know, we've toured with Hate Eternal a bunch of times, and then on top of it, before he joined the band as a permanent member, he had toured with us for a year. So um, he brings a lot to the table in terms of skill and experience, and he also understands our music really well and was able to integrate his well-established musical identity into our, you know, musical character, which is also really well-established. It wound up working really well. He was able to meld those two things into um, three really killer songs for us, um, Condemnation, Contagion, Ritual Annihilation, and Overtorture. Those are the three that Eric contributed. Okay, so he was um, a touring guitarist with you before this, was he? 
Yeah, for oh, okay. um, the year of 2019. Right, right, okay. Um, he came along. It, yep, he did all the touring with us in 2019. And then by the end of the year, beginning of 2020, we were ready to have him join as a full-time member. Um, and like I said, you know, having produced four of our albums prior to Violence Unimagined and knowing, you know, a good 20 of our songs really well from having played with us, he he understood our music about as well as anybody could. Yeah. You know, for having that that kind of experience with us on a few different levels. Okay, so um, once again, you've got um, Vince Locke uh, doing the artwork for you, uh, which is awesome. Um, and he's done loads, I mean, he's done tons of your covers now, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Um, how did that relationship come about? How do you guys know Vince? Oh, well, way back in the day, we were familiar with his work with Dead World Comics. Right. He was one of the main people behind the comic book Dead World, which was on, I believe, publishing company called caliber press okay. if you want to, anybody out there who wants to go take a look around for that and um so chris barnes our original singer tracked him down like i think just by calling information or something i'm not really sure back then it was a lot harder to yeah get in touch with people actually <laughs> you just had to track their phone number down and call them out of the blue and um i believe that's what chris did and you know vince came up with the artwork for eating back to life and we love that, and we've been very, very pleased with everything he's done with us since. You know, he's contributed artwork to all of our albums. That's right. I mean, his work is almost synonymous with Cannibal Corpse now. It really is. Yeah, yeah the style, you know, his style of, of painting and, and his, you know, and, and illustration, it's really something that defines our... Um, the visual presentation of our music, you know, like it's really, um, I mean, there's so many great artists out there, but Vince Locke is the one who somehow captures, you know, the, the vibe of our band. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's been a perfect combination. So we're, we're so happy to have been able to continue working with him all these years. And we love what he did for violence unimagined, especially the, uncensored cover although both are really cool covers but um the uncensored one is it's it's great he did such a great job i was gonna say yeah there's there's two versions coming out isn't there there's the the uh the one where i think it's uh eating a mother eating a baby yes yeah and then there's the uh then there's gonna be a censored version so <laughs> um yeah yeah we We've had to do that a bunch of times, actually, if you look yeah. throughout our career. Yeah. Starting, starting Tomb of the Mutilated, there's a good half dozen of our albums that have two different pieces of cover art made by Vince for them. <laughs> um, so, going back to the recording process, did the uh, pandemic affect anything? Um, did, did you plan on putting this album out sooner? Yeah, um, it affected a couple things. First of all, we did... We had been originally thinking that the album would come out in November of 2020. And of course, um, once the pandemic was, you know, fully happening and everything, we realized that there was no rush to get it out. Yeah. And that it was, um, you know, something where we, we did take just a little bit more time with the recording and then the mastering. I think we weren't fully done until July of last year. And then it wound up, you know, it's coming out this month. But um, the um, what am I thinking here? I'm distracted for a second. Uh, I'm sorry, just um, 
the recording plans. Going on in my, in the That's okay. So, I, I read that you had to. I read that you had to do the bass part at home. Is that correct? Yes, yes, that's correct. That's yeah. what I was thinking of next. Yeah. Um, and the bass parts, um, you know, recording bass at home is something that I um, had done a few times okay. in the past. You know, with um, side projects like Conquering Dystopia and Blood of Science. Both right. of those projects, I was able to record my bass at home. You know, I have a, I use Pro Tools, but there's a bunch of other digital audio workstations that people could use and sure. it's really not so hard to do that anymore especially with bass guitar um bass guitar has been recorded direct for decades you know before digital um you know digital audio was a thing so yeah. really people have been using direct boxes so it wasn't that that hard to do it but it's just not the ideal situation you know like um I like to be with the rest of the band when we're working on an album. I want to be there when the drums for my songs are being recorded and the guitars and, and the, um, the vocals, you know, the lyrics that I wrote, I want to be there. I kind of, I just would like to have been, I would have liked to have been in the same room when that, those things were happening. Yeah, sure. But, um, we, we, we stayed in contact, obviously, very closely anyhow, through phone calls and texting and everything else and made sure that we, um, we're all on the same page about how, how everything was to be done. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's not the way we would normally do things. Normally I would be down there with the rest of the guys. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, going back to the, the very beginning now, what were your own personal influences growing up? I know you're a big Slayer fan, but what were your own personal influences growing up? Oh, well, you know, just, yeah, those kind of bands, um, from the 80s and I guess you know I'd listened to music since I was a little kid just stuff that was available to me whatever that was you know like classical music and some of my dad's 50s albums you know albums that he bought as a teenager in the 50s like um, old rock and roll stuff so that was some of the very first music I listened to but throughout the 80s I was listening to Accept, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slayer um, then like yeah Creator, Sodom, Dark Angel um, nice. And then by the time we were making, by the time we were making um, Cannibal Corpse, we were also listening to some of the underground death metal bands that were out there, like Morbid Angel and um, Autopsy. You know, so there were and Death, of course. You know, Death was a yeah, course, well. yeah, yeah. Um, Sepultura, you know. So there, there's, it's probably a lot of the the usual stuff actually that metalheads were listening to. You know, who were into thrash and death in the eighties. Those. Are, we, we were big fans of all that. And of course, Slayer. Yeah, huge fan yeah. of Slayer. So, um, I mean, you mentioned in the beginning of Cannibal Corpse there. Um, what was the, the idea? Was it just to push everything as far as it could go? Push the Slayer idea as, as extreme as it could go? Is that, is that what you were looking to do, to do? Yeah, more or less. I mean, yeah, we just wanted to make a band that was playing the kind of music that we listened to. And that was like those bands I mentioned, Slayer, Dark Angel, Morbid Angel, Death, Sodom, Creator, you know, do that kind of stuff. But then, you know, when you do it, you end up, you do it your own way. It kind of, it's, uh, it just, um, and you want to add a little more and maybe, yeah, maybe try and go a little faster even and yeah. go a little more extreme with the lyrics and that sort of thing. And I think that's one of the cool things about these extreme types of metal is that they, um, they sort of have, a tendency to evolve built into their DNA, 
you know, the, sure. every band, every subsequent band always wants to add a little something and maybe go a little further in one way or the other, either with speed or technicality or yeah. some sort of lyrical extremity or whatever. So it's good. It's There's been pretty decent growth throughout the years in the death metal scene and some of the other underground kinds of metal. And um, I think it's because of that, because everybody has respect for the bands that they listen to, but they also want to see if they can outdo them in some way. Yeah, sure. I mean, what, what do you think of uh, the modern death metal scene? Well, I mean, the interesting thing with death metal is that there's been a lot of interest and, and a strong underground throughout the three decades plus that we've been involved with it. You know, yeah. like there, there are, are, of course, the bands that came before us, like Morbid Angel and Death and others like that. And then there's the bands that we were all sort of coming out at around the same time, like us and Obituary and um, Deicide. Yeah. And then from there you had you know, into the early 90s, so you're getting like Nile and Christian and then Angel Corpse. And yeah. Then into the, into the late era, you know, like around the turn of the millennium, band like Aeon became very well-known, you know, they're, they're um, or I shouldn't say very well-known, but they came out and people in the underground, you know, they're strong and there, there's been that kind of thing going on, Blood Red Throne. So there's been a good underground scene with a lot of, bands throughout the history of, of this genre. Yeah. So many cool bands. We toured with so, so many. Prostitute Disfigurement, Severed Savior. There's just <laughs> tons of good ones. Yeah. You know, um, disavowed. And um, so there's always been a good good underground scene. And I think maybe it's because death metal never got really huge that it just remained a more... It, it kind of plateaued in terms of popularity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that probably was a good, a good thing for the consistency. And now, today, there's still plenty of great newer bands, you know, Hideous Divinity, stuff like that. And yeah. then there's also um, a lot of younger bands that are doing really old-school style death metal. You know, I'm not so familiar with them, but I've been hearing a lot about them from people. Yeah. And I need to check some of those bands out, too. But um, it's really cool that there's been this consistent interest in the genre for decades you know it's it's one of those established forms of underground music like hardcore yeah punk that is it's in it for the long run you know what i mean like it's not a um obviously it's not a thing that had a huge peak and then went away it's something it's just a really killer established form of underground music that's right i mean you mentioned like sort of uh, hardcore and punk i mean there's um there's been in the last few years there's been a rise of um deathcore which kind of takes a bit of sort of uh, agnostic front or sick of it all adds a bit of cannibal corpse and it's become a whole new genre of its of its own. Um, how do you feel when yeah. you hear like your influence in bands like that? Oh, it's great. You know, like I think that's one of the things that just naturally happens with music is um people you know fans and um, musicians everybody listens to so much stuff so your influences are a big mixture of things it's not necessarily going to be all 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 of your influences might not be from one genre even for us when we were starting cannibal we loved all those bands i mentioned but we did also listen to stuff like dri and the accused okay you know those kind of yeah crossover kind of stuff we were also into those kind of bands too corrosion conformity yeah yeah so um so it's the same with some of those bands i think they've got all these various different influences 
and there's just so much good music to listen to. So they might, the parent genre might be closest to death metal with deathcore, but there's clearly other stuff in there. Um, and I think it's great. And there's probably tons of other things going on like that too, various different combinations of styles. And um, I think it's natural. And, and if, yeah, if we're part of inspiring any of those bands, it's something that we're proud of for sure. Excellent. So I was looking, I, I was digging, doing a little digging uh, in preparation for this interview. Uh, and a fact I came across, uh, which I thought was really interesting, was apparently you used to be in a band with um, the Goldfinger drummer, uh, former Goldfinger drummer, Darren yeah. Pfeiffer. Uh, I thought that was really yeah. interesting, given the directions you both went in. What did that sound like? Mm-hmm. Um, well, our first band that we were in was, yeah, it was Beyond Death, was the name of the band. Okay. And it was me, and originally it was me, Jack, and Darren. Okay. And um, a, fr- a friend of ours named Mark, and then Mark quit pretty early on, and then Jack and Darren and I... Um, and then Jack Owen, I'm talking about, is the original, one of the original Cannibal Corpse guitar players. Yeah, I know, yeah. Band until 2004. Um, so, yeah, Jack and I and Darren, we're all from the same small small town in New York, which is Akron, New York. It's not by New York City. It's closer to Buffalo. Right, okay. And so we, um, we had this band, and, yeah, it was originally sort of a Slayer creator. I mean, and believe me, we were not that good i don't think any of the, we wouldn't say we were that good and then we, we met a, a guy named frank lombardi actually recommended to us by rob barrett okay who we had gotten to know who's currently our guitar player and we had gotten to know him through his band dark deception right having played a show with them and he got us in with a guy named frank lombardi and frank had all these great songs and that he'd already written and those became part of the, the beyond death catalog and um we did a whole bunch of shows with Frank, and that's when the band got, it went to the next level with Frank, you know. So it yeah. was me, Jack, Darren, and Frank, and throughout 1988, we played probably, probably like eight or nine shows together, something like that. Wow. Um, and it was great, yeah. I mean, which is a lot for a band that's basically only playing in Buffalo and Rochester. Yeah, you know, yeah. Which are the two city, two big cities in western New York. Um, yeah, so we were just doing a bunch of local shows, and we got to know the, you know, all the musicians in Buffalo that were part of the underground scene knew each other. That band sounded, you see, with Frank coming in, he was really into the, yeah, DRI, Accused, Dayglow Abortions, MLD, that right, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, ag- Agnostic Front. He really liked all that stuff in addition to the metal that we all like, of course. Okay. Slayer and Hellhammer and everything else. So yeah. we were a crossover band, I would say. I would say Beyond Death, you could call... I mean, probably leaning more towards thrash metal than the hardcore side, but it was sort of a hardcore crossover kind of thing. Wow. With more roots in thrash metal than hardcore, for sure. Excellent. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, so just to wrap it up then, um, tell us what the uh, the rest of 2021 holds for Cannibal Corpse. Well, we're just going to, you know do what we can to keep busy because we're not doing shows. We're going to continue to work on new material since that's what we normally do when we're home. Yeah. You know, so we'll be, we'll be writing, writing the follow up to violence unimagined. Yes. Throughout the year and working on that. And then, um, you know, cause we figure why not get ahead of the game. That's what we normally would do on our downtime from the road would be to write. So we have an extended downtime like every other band. Mm, at yeah. The moment. And um, I suspect we're not alone in that. Like, there'll be a lot, 
a lot more studio work going on since yeah. everybody's <laughs> off the road, you know. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll work on a follow-up, and we'll also um, possibly do a live stream later in the year, depending on how tour plans shape up for 2022. We have no plans for um, any shows in 2021, though, okay. like actual live shows, where yeah. at this point it just seems like... Um, you know, we, we like to have our tours booked at least six months in advance anyhow, so we're already reaching the point where that won't be possible if we were trying to do something in 2021. Of course. You know, going to be halfway through the year in a couple months. So um, it'll probably, we're hoping for early 2022, but again, nobody can predict the future, as as we all know, and things <laughs> could you know, perhaps there could be another surge of the virus or some new variant or something. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Well, I think everybody's feeling hopeful, you know, not just musicians, like I'm talking, all of us are feeling hopeful. I think so, yeah. yeah. Nearing the end of this thing, but um, but can't predict it. So we're exactly. going gonna to hang on and see how things go and hopefully get back out there in 2022. Excellent. Okay, Alex, well, it's been uh, lovely speaking to you. Um, thank you for your time. Yeah, and, likewise. Uh, Good luck with the album. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much, and hopefully we see you guys over there again sooner than later. Like I said, 2022 is when hopefully things are really up and running again for everybody in the live music biz, so um, we'd love to come back over and play for everybody over there again. Excellent. Hope to see you then as well. Thank you, Alex. Oh, it's my pleasure. Hey, thanks so much, and like I said, hopefully we see you soon. Definitely. Take care, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Barney Veer from Napalm Death. And through my many years of association, you're listening to Mass Movement. Right, that was Alex from Cannibal Corpse. Um, shout out to him for that. It was lovely to speak to him. Such a sweet guy. For somebody who spends like a lifetime, you know, sort of head banging to the sickest music. He's such a sweet guy. So yeah, I enjoyed that chat. You did, yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's give some shout outs to him. Shout outs. Uh, Jason Markel Jason Miss Markel Miss you um, Tiny Rebel Sponsors You bastards Tiny Every Rebel single week sponsors, sponsors Sponsors Engineer Records For sponsoring the bloody podcast Yeah as always um, You lot for sticking with us Grand Collapse Even though El we Chapo, nearly died Death of Youth Yeah Anybody listening to this Because you know, you know We almost died <laughs> We almost died But we I'm, didn't We ain't joking either <laughs> You ain't that lucky Yeah Chris was in the bloody hospital I was in the hospital Yeah Yeah I was I was I was, getting, I, was I was thinking of all our listeners. He was getting fed cake and coffee by the second paramedics <laughs> the that took him in. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and on that note, we'll leave you to it. Yeah, have a good one, chaps. Ta-ta. Take care. Bye-bye. Movement presents. Movement presents.